Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode 661. This is being recorded on Wednesday, January 26, 2022. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spermer. And the worst host is back, although I could just hand it over to Josh at any time. Josh, last week, I felt like the podcast had been imbued with a new energy. I thought that it was it was refreshing hmm. and it was i don't know it was maybe it was humor. just different i don't know people liked it i did a cold open a la ryan way back in the day mm-hmm. yeah, I, I picked it. like a funny moment and then uh right at the punchline you were like hey sebastian and i didn't answer and you're like oh never mind and then the and then the music starts <laughs> people were commenting on it right away like this is really good so i feel like you should host more often okay <laughs> but uh, while we're on the subject of the podcast and doing it live, pcper.com slash subscribe. Find out when we do go live for events like this. Find out who's actually hosting that night. And then go to patreon.com. Now, I checked Patreon earlier. We didn't have anything new to report for this week. But we're still going strong. We still have our our group, our nucleus of people who support the site and keep us going. We appreciate you very much. If you want to go to patreon.com. And you're also wrong. Yeah. If you want to go to patreon.com slash pcper. You can support us too. You'll be part of an exclusive community, and uh, you just have to—you have to be there to really experience what that means. There may or may not be a secret handshake. Who said it involved hands? And uh, it's time. Secret. Before you move on, wait. I know that you had initially thought that there was nothing going on in that space, but. Sir Bogut of Fabrication Labs snuck in again. I think he's on a quest mm-hmm. to kind of be mentioned on every. Show. I I, suggest, I, I wonder. That's why I told you you were wrong, Sebastian. Yeah. Well, I, I am usually wrong anyway. But mm. okay, let's move to the most important segment of the week: F graphics cards. Forget about shortages. Josh Walrath, or do you prefer Walrath? Do you like to kind of? Uh, Walrath is fine. Walrath, okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to pronounce my name. <clears throat> Talk about food. So yeah, I got sick last week and got a massive cold sore. So it's it's uh, it's really pretty. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I had to get the the old trustworthy. They didn't have a special this week, and well, sad because last week Clayton, the owner, he he was talking up. He's like, oh, we got really something something really special for next week. <clears throat> and I, I call up. It's like, do you guys? What's a burger special? We don't have one today. It's like, so Clayton's a liar. No, that's just very special. Yeah. So anyway, they usually uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. But uh, today is, is it's classic. It's the popper. It's it's fried jalapenos, cream cheese, two patties drizzled with a, uh, a raspberry chipotle sauce. And it's extremely tasty. And the fries, I think uh, they went back to fresh cut. They look uh, different. The same ones. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're a little salty, but, uh, you know, they're nicely cooked and I ate them all. So there, take that. Popper, always a classic, always tasty. Can't go wrong. Mm. Once you pop, you just can't stop. Tasty. No. Yummy. We Um, had a graphics card review go up this morning live at 9 a.m. It's the RTX 3050. Who isn't excited about this? Ooh, ooh, me. Oh, mm. okay. Well, mm. yeah, it's it's just another one of those 2022 graphics card launches. Although I will say it's not as 2022 as last week's RX 6500 XT. Because at least this one has a by 8 interface for its cut-down GPU. Has a bit but, extra RAM, too. Exactly. Has a what I described <laughs> in the review as a, a reasonable amount of memory. <laughs> There's really not a lot to complain about except for availability and price. I mean, it's it's a card that theoretically would be $249. Now, we were, like everyone else, sampled by EVGA. EVGA was NVIDIA's partner for this launch for media. And NVIDIA, or rather EVGA, had to notify us that the vBIOS was incorrect on the card meaning that it was a higher skew that we actually received. We'll talk about that in a moment. The GPU in this one is, at least for now, GA106. Now, that is the same GPU found in the 3060. They have disabled eight 
more SMs. So the CUDA count total is a rather familiar 2,560. Now, back in the day when CUDA cores actually meant something, kids, when we used to have to walk to school uphill both ways, and our CUDA cores... Dragging your GPU. Uh, were in a GTX 1080, the CUDA core count was 2,560. And oddly enough, years later, the 1080 is still a faster card, significantly so. This one... I wonder why. Yeah. This one mm-hmm. has 8 gigabytes of GDDR6. So that matches, you know, higher cards in the Ampere lineup. But oddly enough, that 3060, that damn 3060 with its 12 gigabytes of pretentious 15 gigabit per second memory on that fatter 192-bit bus, it just has a lot more memory bandwidth. So this will not perform nearly as well, even though it's based on the same GPU, because the new 3050 only has 14 gigabit per second memory, and it's only on a 128-bit bus. So... But hey, it consumes less power. 130 watts versus 170. And yeah, we got, okay, the card they sent us is the EVGA RTX 3050 XC Black Gaming card. But that's what the box says. But the V BIOS was actually for a different version. And I have it written somewhere in this review, but it's the uh, higher end version, like the XC Ultra, or I don't know if I just call it XC Gaming this time. So it has a much higher boost clock, well, much higher. The boost clock is 1845 megahertz. Stock is 1777. This card... That's interesting, because I was digging through EVGA's stuff today to try and get specific uh, details on what the difference was, and they're... They literally, all they did was say that the non-black edition comes with a very fancy bottom metal metal bottom plate with speed holes in it. Uh-huh. They didn't yes. actually say anything about different frequencies. Well, it has that attractive back plate, which ours doesn't have because we, we're not supposed to have the one with the back the plate. Black. Yeah, it's just a black PCB. The PCB is cut so that you can, you know, you get your speed holes or whatever. Speed holes. Ventilation. Yeah. But the yeah the backplate would have made it look I guess fancier. It's the same card otherwise, and this one is only sixty eight megahertz faster than stock with its incorrect V BIOS anyway, oh. which according to EVGA is a one to up to three percent advantage. So I just left it alone. Well, I noticed that Steve at Gamers Nexus also left his testing as is because you know we weren't we weren't told until a few hours before. <laughs> Uh, we had to finalize the reviews, so oh well. We remember back in the day when I did the uh, RTX 3080 from EVGA that the 3080 uh, XC Black was, you know, they're they're kind of MS more MSRP based mm. one, but you could just never pick it up. The only one you could really get is is the one above the one that the non black edition. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's kind of what they what they do. That they offer that <clears throat> lower end card without the back plate and lower clocks, um, or you know at least closer to uh, what the reference is, and they offer it, but you rarely can ever find it for sale. I have a question. Got to go up so, a level. So supposedly this is the lower spec card with the wrong V BIOS. Did the incorrect VBIOS on supposedly lower-spec hardware cause any operational problems for you? Well, Brett, it's a 68 megahertz overclock, so I think the card like a lot. You're right. was just fine. <laughs> and what's funny is the price difference between these two is $70. It goes from $249 to so $2. a megahertz almost. It is. It's, <laughs> I figured yeah. this out earlier because I was being an ass in the chat, and it was it's $1.03 per megahertz <laughs> the evga has figured out exactly what a megahertz costs and it's one dollar and three cents usd so so flashing the higher end bios on the cheaper card is i highly recommend it i hope that people make uh this v bios publicly available and anybody who buys the base model could just flash their card <gasps> breaking their warranty of course if you want to buy a yeah. new card with a <clears throat> warranty don't do that oh by the way Speaking of the card, I mean, we can look at the wrong card, even if we're going to test a different VBIOS. So here's what the base card looks like. Dual fan cooler. It's compact. Look at this. Actual display outputs. Three display ports. 
and an HDMI, unlike the 6500 XT, which has a display port and, and HDMI. So I thought that was a nice well, feature. That, that card only does have four gigs, so. Now, there is a little bit of a matter. controversy, which I didn't fully address until later in the morning. I had to go back and add this close-up shot here. I didn't say anything about this not being a buy 16 card because I thought it was a buy 16 card because having just done the 6500 XT review, I actually looked. I'm like, nope, I can see oh, 16 traces going to that PCI Express, uh, those teeth there. So I'm like, okay, so it's a 16. No, it's a buy eight because it's a 16 that's operating as a buy eight. It's just set that way. And apparently... This is because they would like the flexibility to drop in a different GPU later on down the road, such as a GA107, something that might only have a by 8 So it's just kind of odd. And also, it, it saves a little bit of power going from 16 mm. to by 8 So you're, you're talking a couple of watts. Uh, but when you're you know scraping and trying to get it down to a certain envelope, then that's an easy thing to do. But yeah, I think that your your comment about you know just dropping in a chip that is native by eight uh, and not having to jack around with the PCB design uh, extensively. I mean, you're going to have to do some, obviously. But yeah, anyway. So you're saying that when eventually you get the upgrade, I can't just pop that one off, flash the BIOS. But you know what? It's, no, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> it's probably going to be. It, you know, it, it probably is going to require a PCB spin. However, PCB spin uh, respins are are relatively inexpensive and they're well known. And there's software out there that makes it a whole lot easier to design than used to be. I mean, I was talking to guys in the in the graphics card industry, and they're like, you know, respinning PCB is is cake as compared to trying to respin silicon, which is not cake. Uh, so <clears throat> you can, you can do multiple revs, uh, very, very quickly with PCB designs, even, you know, even something, you know, but this one is not as advanced cause it's by eight, it's 128 bit memory bus. It's doesn't require a huge amount of, uh, uh, power and, and all the power and ground traces and whatnot that, um, you know, having a lot more phases involved would, uh, would require. So yeah, no, it, it's cost cutting. It's multiple things. So yeah. Carry on. Really. Sorry about that segue. Josh, it's putting cards in the hands of the gamers. That's what they're doing. Is it really? I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Exactly. Because as as we're speaking, it's not even for sale yet. The review embargo was up this morning. The cards don't go on sale until tomorrow morning. So I'll have to update the review with a screenshot of all the out of stock new egg listings tomorrow. So here's no here's here's what it's gonna be is okay. is they're going to have their uh their usual uh shuffle, but with okay. all these cards at their actual MSRP prices. They do that for one day. So <laughs> check out your shuffle. See uh see if you really wanna spend your scratch. And if you resell it, you're just a bad person. Don't don't yes. take advantage of the new egg shuffle. To buy stuff at MSRP and then flip it for twice as much on eBay. You are contributing to the problem. Wait, unless I just gave you the idea, now you're going to do just that. Yeah. So yeah, people have bills to Neo's- pay. That could pay next month's car payment. NeoSeeker listed all of the MSRPs in one little list. So yeah, there are a handful that are $249. Uh, there's the one, like you mentioned, that goes for $329. Asus, their OC editions go for up to $489. See, that's just ludicrous. I mean, it's I insane. Mean, I mean, you look at all the almost twice the price. So EVGA at least is, you know, like if you go to the new egg shuffle and they list out an EVGA card, it's about $100 more expensive than what it usually is. But like Asus, MSI, Zotac, they're all 150 yep. to 200 dollars more than MSRP, and so those guys really, really are proud of their cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has got a 400 dollars one. Here's that yeah, the, the, the article. Wait, what? Price XFX? differences are just bizarre. XFX no, doesn't have an Nvidia. Zotac, no, Zotac has <clears throat> one for three for 400. Like that's just obscene. Going from literally two four two hundred and fifty bucks to four hundred and ninety dollars. Wow. 
Yeah, the XC Gaming is the EVGA that we actually tested technically. So that's 329, which seems like a steal when you compare it to like the MSI Gaming X at 379. <laughs> now the Gaming X stuff from MSI, and I actually have one here, which I need to review because they sent one, uh, typically have slightly higher overclocks, but... They do have better cooling for the yeah, most part. The twin frozer yeah. stuff is good. So well, I just anyway. can't imagine the uh, performance delta being anywhere near justifying the price delta. Or why this skew has such a gigantic span. I think it's just ridiculous. Speaking of performance, uh, I looked at uh, two different groups of cards. The first, I was just going to tack it on to the stuff I've been testing. I, I had it, Internally, I was calling it my low-end GPU project. So I had this folder I was adding all of this data to, and it had grown since I published the 6500 XT review last week. And I had a little bit better representation of some of the cheaper cards. I was trying to take it down to like the the $200 level kind of, at well, launch <coughs> prices anyway. I added a couple of cards, added a 1660. I went ahead and retested the RX 580, eight gigabyte. Retested the GTX 1650. And... The 3050, if you're comparing it to a group of those type of lower-end cards, it's the fastest by quite a bit. So it's it's faster, it's a lot faster than the 6500 XT. It's got double the memory. You can actually run at higher resolutions. You can exceed that 4 gigabyte frame buffer without a penalty. So set your older games like Far Cry 5. I could set it to Ultra, which uses like 4.3 gigabytes of memory with the HD textures. So like, if you look at synthetics, Time Spy significantly faster. Even the old Fire Strike, like 1080p uh, DX11 test, quite a bit faster than the uh, 6500 XT, which is actually a very good card for esports. It's very good at the older games. But, uh, I don't know. I'll show a couple more. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I ran a bunch of games at multiple settings. Like, here's medium settings, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and the... Where is it on the chart? The 3050 is at the top of the chart. It's at the top of all of these charts. It isn't until you actually start comparing it against some higher-end cards you get a better idea of its relative performance over the last few years. So let me skip past this stuff. Here's the same game at the high preset against different cards. So at the top of the list is a 5700 XT. Gets you 95 frames a second, almost 96. Uh, The 3060 comes in at 72 frames per second. And then down... Pretty much tied with a Vega 56 is the RTX 3050, which in this particular game was faster than the 1660 Ti. So it's 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 going to basically trade blows with a 1660 Ti or 1660 Super is the upshot of all of this, of, of all the reviews you'll read online today. So You know what the thing that just kind of stands out to me is how well the RX 580 is has just kind of stayed in there. I mean, it, it, it chews up more power yeah. by a significant margin. But, yeah, it just has been a workhorse for people who were lucky enough to have bought it at the $150 level. And have probably just kept it because there's nothing else to buy. With a short-lived uh, 590. Yeah. Which was that was a little bit one. better. Yep, it was. Yeah, and, and somebody in the chat's mentioning that it's the 2069 on the chart. I didn't retest the 2060 yet. Well, I'm Josh is still on the screen. Sorry, Josh. Why? I did, Thank I did not retest the 2060 just because I haven't gotten to it yet. I was going through a stack of cards. Yes, the 2060 is faster. If it only trades blows with a 1660 Ti, then of course the 2060 is faster. And a 2070 is faster. And so it's just, this is... Yeah, 2060 Super is going to be a significant jump up from a 3050. Heck, it's damn near at 3060 levels. So, yeah. Weird. Really, the only difference between a 3060 and a 2070 is the 3060 has slightly better ray tracing performance. Yeah. Like when you start comparing 30 series versus 20 series. There wasn't a huge leap forward with the 30 series at like the lower end. It was just kind of typical generational stuff. 
it was much bigger at the high end, but then of course along with that came much higher prices. So like it I'm still impressed by the 3070, although I've put it out of my mind because it's unobtainable. The 3070 legitimately had uh like 2080 Ti-ish performance <laughs> for $500. Mm-hmm. It was great. I thought the 3060 Ti was kind of the the sweet spot of when the actual <clears throat> performance and and the the price yeah, it was that funny they, when it came out. It, at. it seemed odd when yeah. it came out, but it turned out to actually be a decent idea. Yeah, for three ninety nine, which was the launch price of the thirty sixty Ti, allegedly, for it to be as good as it was, it was like a it was like twenty eighty kind of level of performance for three ninety nine. Better, I think. Yeah. So. But hey, it's all in the past. 3060 Ti is the best Ethereum mining card on the planet. So it's just never going to be available until Ethereum crashes to nothing, which I hope is coming. Although, unfortunately, I see things are trending up again, which makes me... I don't know. I just... Hasn't it been long enough? The last time this happened, like 2016, 2017, it was over by the end of 2017. And then we just kind of forgot about it. It only lasted like six or eight months. Yeah. And now... But now it's... (sighs) Should we talk more about this or move on to our next exciting topic? Yeah. I I think that we've kind of got this covered. I mean, it's it's a solid card if you can pick it up. If you could buy this card at 249, you'd be getting something that's about the performance of a 1660 Ti ish. Actually at offers ray tracing performance, which I haven't tested yet, but I'm thinking you know, even if you just do the DLSS stuff, that's going to get you better frame rates. Mm-hmm. It's going to get you playable frame rates in any current game. And it doesn't draw a lot of power. This is a nice, cool, and quiet card. Eight gigabytes of memory. Nothing really to complain about. It's just not... I think that when it actually hits the shelves tomorrow, we're going to find this is another NVIDIA launch where <clears throat> someone's going to figure out how to defeat the light hash rate and it's going to be $700. Mm-hmm. Moving on. G-Skill, Asus, they raised the bar. DDR5, we've talked about the performance of DDR5. It's just not worth it over DDR4. You can get DDR4 4,400, man. 4,800, maybe. 5,000. Uh-huh. Well, what about 8888? DDR5-8888-CL88. All the timings were 88. All the timings. All this, card, the this, this would be a very popular benchmark to own in China. But yeah, it's... It's a little bit wacky. Uh, I mean, there's hard to write too much about what they did other than, yeah, it was liquid nitrogen uh, with a, a fancy new Maximus Apex motherboard that I haven't really seen reviewed anywhere. And uh, beat the previous record by over 100 megahertz, which is also not too bad. So, I mean, yeah, the frequency is going to help with those timings a little bit, but still, that's that's a pretty loose card. Are you saying that it's a promiscuous memory? CDR5? Obviously. See, uh, it's who, around, huh? Who wouldn't it's, it, get excited? It's, it's up and down and rising and falling all the time so fast, you would not believe it. I mean, there's got to be some kind of hidden subtext to CL8888888 on DDR5-8888. I just don't know what it means. <clears throat> but that's it really fast. Unfortunately, yeah. I just don't like that you have to use liquid nitrogen for this. I just want to use, you know, plain PCBs with no heat spreaders and just get these kinds of speeds, but apparently that's not mm-hmm. going to happen. No. Maybe I'm just saying that because the only DDR5 uh, Intel could find to send me, and they actually had to, like, apparently pull some strings and get some stuff for reviewers, is what looks like pre-production Micron stuff on green PCBs with no heat spreaders. So, and it's the base, like 4,800 speed. Sometime I'll have to pull out my <clears throat> my DDR that got passed to me at Comdex back in, oh, good Lord, when was it, 2001? That, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting stuff, the uh, pre-production things that, oh, but it's nice to see. <clears throat> you can go on Newegg now and actually buy DDR5 memory. Uh, for multiple types and and uh, but you're still paying 350 bucks for 
know, like 5,200 speed, 32 gigs, but it's available and you don't have to get it through the, the new egg shuffle. Really? Yep. You can Gosh, actually you go are out telling the truth. DDR5. Josh tells the truth. Look, <clears throat> no, newegg.com right now live on the internet. Let's see how much is this stuff. Here's a pair of G-Skill Rip Jaws. It is yeah, 32 bucks. gigabytes of 5,600 DDR5, 400 bucks. You can buy a single stick of crucial 16 gigabyte, 4,800 for $175. I wonder mm. if the timings are better on that one. That's probably, it's probably 38. I think CL38 is the standard. Almost everything is CL38 that I've seen. Yeah. Where are the specs? Should change relatively soon. Scroll down. Keep scrolling. Okay. Yeah, so there, there you go. go. Now specs. Have you ever used new 40? CL40? For $175. Yeah. I'm not Toss saying it it's in. cheap, but it is available now. Rambus so if you pricing. want to build uh-huh. your 12th gen Intel with DDR5, you'll pay out the nose, but it's available. Speaking of semiconductor shortages, oops. Jeremy wrote something mm-hmm. about uh, are are they f- actually fishing? Like, are we are we deep sea like uh, salvage reclamation for ICs now? Oh right, you're a vegetarian. You wouldn't get that, would you? I mean, I eat fish, uh-huh. fish and chips. Well, yeah. Crying. I thought it was really like a cheap cheapest chips thing. No, okay. No, it's certainly not cheapest chips because chips ain't cheap anymore. Oh. Yeah, there was a, a Toshiba fab in Japan. Uh, got hit by a 6.6 uh, magnitude earthquake over the weekend, uh, damaging, of course, their lines and injuring actually quite a few employees, which is kind of horrible. So they're not one of the ones that do a lot of what we're looking for. Uh, it's more the automotive and industrial applications that they do, but you're still going to have some of the, their production uh, is probably sitting in a motherboard somewhere or on a graphics card, or at least it would be if they weren't shut down. And since chances are there's going to be some aftershocks, it's going to be probably a week before they even start looking at putting things back on. So yeah, uh, this is, you know, just another addition to the, the, uh, the horrible cascade of horrificness that has come become our supply chain. And so Along with that uh, was some news out of today that Sarah was talking about a bunch of the uh, suppliers uh, based in the America, where usually at this point, you know, back in 2019 or so, they'd have about 40 days worth of inventory on hand at any time and figure that, you know, if they if it dip below that, they have a serious problem on their hand and they need to solve it. Apparently, you're lucky nowadays to have five days worth of chips supply on hand, uh, which in a just-in-time inventory environment is not going to be just in time. So we're going to see even more uh, plummeting supplies. Of course, at the same time, demand, which was expected to, you know, just sort of putter along and be very, very low, never really was. Demand has outstripped supply for a long time and demand keeps on going up which means the prices get to go up, which means that uh, some of the suppliers are charging a little bit more for uh, what they're supplying you with in the form of raw materials because they know how to do it. And of course, all of this is happening for the vast majority overseas, so there's very little you can do about it other than, you know, tone down your demand or not. So U.S. government is hopefully going to pass a $52 billion uh, bill for grants and incentives to help expand domestic fab capability down there. Problem is that, you know, without delving into the politics of it too much, uh, the U.S. has a very bad history of successfully rolling out these fabs that they promised in any sort of timely manner. So, yes, this will be helpful in the future, but for now it's probably not going to be solving us anytime soon so when people are saying that these shortages should be you know over and done with by mid 2022 or so the evidence is really suggesting that's not going to be the case and of course the prices aren't going to help at all because as uh we also link to the silicon manufacturers are doing just fine they broke records oh yeah they're they're selling everything they can make 
Yep. Yeah. And they can charge more for it. And of course, it costs more for them to make. So the volume of sale increases. We're talking 25% over 2021. A 25% increase in overall uh, money being moved around. Not necessarily income, but money being moved around in this business. It's it's sheer insanity. And as Josh was kind enough to point out, it's the memory makers that are doing wonderfully because they've actually somehow been able to keep their supplies going. And of course, at the same time, can uh, slowly creep those prices up as DDR5 hits. Well, DDR4 was doing a wonderful thing where the prices were becoming much more comfortable, but they were still making huge amounts. So uh, uh, 33.8% of overall semiconductor revenue growth, growth was sheer memory. So, and we're talking SSDs as well, of course, because our NVMe drives, well, could you live without one anymore? No. So I, I, I wish I had good news, but it's it's not good news unless you want to start building your own damn things. Wait. That's the next story. Are you saying that someone did that? <laughs> that was such a smooth segue, I didn't even catch it. Yes. <laughs> Build your forget supply chain shortages. If you can get your hands on some raw materials, just make your own. Oh gosh, yes. Chips. I mean, who doesn't have an electron microscope in their garage? I can think of at least dozens of people who don't. But um, yeah. all right, maybe dozens of people. But this guy, Sam Zalouf. Look at that soldering with the uh, with the leads coming off the pads. Yep. Do you remember? Do you remember oh, watching cool. those machines? Back, you know, video of 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 uh, those machines that that would that would do a really fast back and forth, and then create these you know these leads that go from the pins and the yeah. the Pentium CPUs. They were almost before they, they did flip chip uh, type uh, mm. stuff, and you could only have so many you know leads, obviously physically. But yeah, it was. Look up those videos. There, there was some neat manufacturing yeah. things going on back in the day, but they don't do it anymore because it doesn't make as much sense. Anyway, carry At on. All. <clears throat> much more expensive to do. But anyway, this guy about really, this twenty-year-old guy. This guy yeah. really did have a scanning or electron microscope. He really does. Well, apparently they found a broken one. Uh, that uh, they were able to fix for about a grand. <clears throat> now, I don't also know any people that have broken electron microscopes in their backyard that could be fixed up. But yeah, he sort of looked at some of the old, old stuff from Bell Labs and Fairchild Semiconductor where people are literally building stuff on workbenches. The clean rooms weren't a thing back then. And frankly, didn't necessarily need to be as much as they do now. Well, no, because you uh, know, a dirt gets on a silicon wafer at that, you you just scrape it off. Yeah, uh, we're talking back when bugs was a physical description. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah, and Lord. The, the the here's the neat one that you might like, Josh, if you hadn't read this. So, of course, how does he pull off the photolithography? He found a conference room projector with one of the old ones with like the ridiculous amount of lumens oh, and no. beamed it through a microscope with a UV filter. So he focused it into a microscope and projected it onto the chip. He was able to to do the uh, litho stage with that and then yeah. move on to etch. That's crazy. It's awesome. It is. It's, uh... it's brilliant. How many so, P, how many twenty two year olds have have a workshop that looks like that? One, that was yeah, yeah. Of anyways. Yeah. Apparently, he was doing this. I was reading another story about him because it was amusing to me, and he was first doing this in his uh, dorm room, but uh, he was using uh, a device that produced X rays to get uh, proper looks at oh, the that's, chips. That's that's not good. And he says. I was totally following all of those safety regulations, but they're still like, no, no, you no. you can't have an X-ray machine in your dorm room. <laughs> That's funny. It's going to be hired by Intel to help improve their fabs soon. I I'm suspect. sure. Or uh, NVIDIA. 
Anybody with any talent in the industry seems to go to Intel sooner or later. Mm. It's just you're being drawn into it. It's like a what is it like? Big blue hole. Windows eleven. Uh, Windows eleven task manager. They can't stop effing with this, can they? Every it's, but it's Microsoft's way. They've always been like this. You you release a one point and then you do a one point one and or one point oh one, and eventually by the time it's like version two point it's better. And then Windows three point one one was much better. So on and so on. Why pay for beta testing when you can force your customers to pay to be exactly. in your beta test? Just mm. eliminate your entire internal teams and just give it to the team. public. Yeah, Just ship it. And so Windows 11, the beta OS that people think is actually a shipping operating system that they're paying $100 plus for OEM licenses for, <laughs> it continues its development with well, the latest beta the build of the beta OS... We have a redesigned task manager, so look forward to that. It's fluent. It's part of their fluent design. Rounded corners. It supports a dark mode. Vital. But most of the time I use it to shut down hung applications. Ding, ding. my QLC full. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Hey, what can you do with more hours every month? probably quite a bit. When you spend time with repetitive typing, little mistakes that add up and searching for answers, they're all taking away from your precious time from you and your team. With Text Expander, you can take it back so you can focus on what matters most in your business. With Text Expander, you and your team can keep your messages consistent, be more productive and save that precious time, be accurate every time. Make work happen wherever you are by saying more in less time with less effort using Text Expander. You will never need to copy paste repetitive responses ever again. Keep your knowledge at your fingertips with Text Expander's quick search and abbreviation expansions. Text Expander is so easy to use. Drop your commonly used content into a snippet, give it an abbreviation, share your snippet with your entire team. Trigger that snippet by typing a few characters and the content expands anywhere you type. Easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more. We're back, and we're going to talk about malware because we're not depressed enough already. Although this looks like it might be a... This, is, this isn't malware. This is a piece of hardware. It is a piece of it's hardware. A, yeah, you thought the electron microscope was expensive. This looks That's small. How could it be expensive? It's tiny. It's That's Pico. It's very tiny and very heavy. Can you skip it across and the leg? Uh, as long as they don't catch you. Mm, okay. Because it does look like it would work. Yeah. yeah. So this, the the headline over at Hackaday sort of put it, which is, or the, the lead rather at Hackaday uh, put it, which is because what this is describing seems like there's no way in hell that it can work. They're saying that they've got an almost 100% accuracy rate at identifying currently running malware on, uh, in their case, a Raspberry Pi by monitoring the EM emissions created by said Raspberry Pi. Doesn't really sound doable now, does it? Well, here's the thing, is that uh, they hooked up this Picoscope and a signal amplifier and a field probe to a Raspberry Pi and wrote some custom programs, which you can get on GitHub, but is only going to work for this $10,000 oscilloscope. So if you want to try this on your own, you're going to need to uh, either fork up or uh, see if you can rewrite it for something a little less expensive. You might not be able to do it anyways, though, because it has to be pretty, pretty sensitive. So they ran through and picked a whole bunch of the old favorites like Mirai and Gonna Cry and uh, Key Sniffer. And monitored what the EM signatures looked like as it was coming off of the Raspberry Pi while they were running. They then also ran uh, tar and grep and a whole bunch of other stuff that is perfectly legitimate, but is also heavy duty enough that it is going to create some EM emissions. Fed this all through a neural net uh, to sort of decide how to tell the difference between the various signals that were produced and apparently were wildly successful at it. So they are able to literally take these this specific kit, hook it up and into a Raspberry Pi, but there's no reason anything else that doesn't have a GPIO pinout, or for that matter, even if you've got a sensitive enough one that you can capture the field that's being produced by the machine itself, to actually detect whether or not malicious processes are running on your hardware. I think this is amusing as hell. 
Don't forget the key was that they fed it to an AI system that can yeah. then take the random, well, the noise input. But in theory, they've, they've trained the neural net, so you don't have to yes. do that anymore. Yes. Yeah. Well, for the, yes. For the malware that they've fed it. So yes. you're saying that in the future, an, an antivirus program might actually have a physical hardware box that can just, like, sniff mm-hmm. your system? Just put it near near yeah. the, the yeah. system. <clears throat> yeah. Not with a magnet, though. Make sure you don't use a magnet to attach it. Do not. But no, I could totally see building up a, going the other way. So instead of building up the uh, list of processes that are associated with malware, like VirusTotal, what you do is you have a list of all of the valid ones. And the second that you detect something that's not matching any sort of valid uh, EM signature on any of your other programs, it's like, uh, yeah, maybe that's taken worth taking a look at. PSA, Speaking if you want to keep the data on your MyCloud, how many times have we heard about issues with MyCloud devices? This is, I think this is the third time we've talked about this, but yeah. th- this has got like, some resolution to it. So I oh, okay. So Western Digital has updated MyCloud OS... Uh, to incorporate patches, which have been available for four months, apparently. Uh, just a minor severity rating. I don't know what the chart goes like. What does the scale go up to? 10. 9.8. It's not quite yes. a 10. Yeah. But Close, yeah, And there are no close. 11s. Oh, okay. <laughs> These do not go Well, through. maybe that one. <laughs> but just update it. They're giving you the update. You don't have to pay for it. And you might be able to keep the data on the drive that you bought. So that's it's a win-win. Oh. If you haven't been hacked by now, you probably just weren't paying attention, and you probably have been hacked. Uh, more depressing news. There's oh, always. Now, this is disturbing mm-hmm. because it involves Linux. You expect Windows to be broken, but a bug lurking for 12 years gives attackers root on most major Linux distros. Unfathomable. This- the subsystem that this uh, was actually a part of is is deeply amusing. If you scroll down, you'll see that it's part of the policy manager, which manages permissions. <laughs> policy kit. And yes. the thing, the other thing was, is the policy monitor, the the uh, daemon, didn't even have to be running. It just had to be installed on the system. It was still exploitable, so mm. it doesn't even have to be no. a, a running at the time. Always exciting out in the real world. Never a dull yeah, moment. Uh, so so ends the malware segment of the show. Hmm. All right, let's talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts. NVIDIA getting bigger and more powerful than yes. you can possibly imagine. Or are they? Not. Because hmm. as has been speculated for months <clears throat> by us on the show, they, need, they needed approval. They needed regulators to approve of this. Governments had to be okay with it. And apparently... According to reports, this is an Ars Technica report, NVIDIA is ready to abandon their ARM acquisition. So apparently Yeah, there's I, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of, you know, back talk and you know, back channel type things going on that <clears throat> that I, I think the UK is is uh they're really not wanting NVIDIA to purchase their premier uh semiconductor company. That is based there. Uh, SoftBank wants to get rid of it. Obviously, uh, SoftBank has you know issues of its own, but um, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is is uh, you know the UK is is going to probably put the kibosh on it. Now, US would consider it, but I just don't I just don't know if it's it's going to happen. Um, you know, from all indications, it sounds like uh, SoftBank is going to uh, um, make ARM public again. And that way we can, you know, at least see what they're doing on a uh, quarterly basis, which, of course, we haven't been able to do. All we know is that SoftBank has been giving them a lot of money and they've been expanding and they've been increasing their design teams and uh, their facilities. And, and I mean, they, they've hired, you know, three times the amount of people that they had probably five years ago uh, to work on projects and, and graphics. And they've acquired other um, firms and um it's just, you know, it's it's been a nonstop growth for them since uh, SoftBank acquired them. I can't remember exactly when, six years ago, seven years ago. About that. Or at least majority. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's you know, NVIDIA is worth a lot of money. They're making money. They, they could leverage out a, a buy without, you know, killing themselves. But, yeah, I just, I just don't see 
the UK giving this the go ahead. There's there's a lot of opponents uh, of of this going, you know, and becoming part of this U.S. company. Who you know, Nvidia is, is an aggressive company, and they've done things that a lot of people don't like. And uh, yeah, there's 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 a yeah. lot of people who do not want this to go through. Uh, not only just in, in government and politics, but uh, other you know competitors of Nvidia who feel that you know if, if they start controlling ARM, then eventually they're they're going to be you know releasing all of the good stuff themselves and and giving crumbs to all their other licensees. You know, except of course Apple, which you know would they continue to have an architectural license from Nvidia? They're they're not they're not very close in terms of friendliness between those two companies. Um, but Jensen promised. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, and the UK have really only fired two shots across the bow legally so far. They haven't really gone deep into the, you know, defense side of it or uh, the antitrust side of it. There's one was because they might get NHS data and I can't recall what the first one was, but it was uh, more of a labor thing that you might lose some jobs uh, to the US. So they hadn't even really started seriously fighting this yet and obviously going to and it's obviously going to cost nvidia money to show up in court so it becomes a little less attractive and now just to muddy the waters even better the new rumor is that softbank is considering an ipo yeah making them public again yeah 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 i believe i read in one of those articles that if the deal falls through with nvidia which it kind of looks like it's that's what they're gonna do that well, yeah, they're going to do that. But NVIDIA, I believe, says, hey, if this deal up front, part of the negotiation was that if the deal doesn't go through, we'll give you $2 billion. So as a as a parting gift for kind of dragging you through all this. Hmm. Yeah. I think that was in the Wouldn't article. Surprise me. Interesting. It's a lot. I wish, I wish NVIDIA would give me $2 billion. Yeah, it, well, you know. It'd make me feel nice. Yeah, they they wine you, they, they dine you, they abuse your body for a while, and then they give you $2 billion. Yeah. yeah, and Where then they up? go. Well, maybe yeah, maybe fine. it was worth it. Maybe maybe it was worth it. You know, they could have cut that down to five hundred million. I'd be perfectly happy. <laughs> uh, five million, five hundred thousand, yeah, fifty thousand. Okay. okay, okay, I'll take it. I'm easy. Uh, I was talking about myself. Yeah. Quick gaming, quick hits. Gaming quick hits is our next. We've been doing this for the last few weeks. We kind of put all the game yeah. news together in one little section. Kind of just falls together, yeah. Yeah, and what do we have here? Crisis. For some reason, they're announcing right now, Crisis Four. What is really the best time to announce this? Asked Jeremy Hellstrom. Apparently. Why? What's wrong with announcing a brand new AAA game development? Can Can it run Crisis Four on your RX five eighty? Uh, probably not. Or your okay. 650, 6500, or your literally any car that you might even be able to grasp. Like, are, are because I mean, it could be after what happened with their Crisis Remaster, maybe they just didn't have the same hardware requirements as the first Crisis, which case maybe you'll be able to play it. Yeah, I don't. This is inconsiderate to say the least. I mean, it's it's going to be a while before this is out because they're looking to hire right. more people to help develop. So, this is this is a call to. To action because they they uh, they let a lot of people off back in the day a couple of years ago and I think you know the uh, reskins of, of the the crisis has given them a a nice you know welcome relief in, in terms of income so yeah it looks like they're they're starting development on Crisis Four and they're getting some people back. This next one on the quick hits, uh, who's the surviving Mars fan? Never heard of this. No, I definitely love the game, but I think Brett put that one up. Oh, okay. I, I did because this is uh, 11 items for pay at least 10 bucks. You know, this seemed like a great deal for... A, I love the, the bundle entertainment because... Oh, because you, cause you love Windows-only enterprises like Humble I, now? You know, I really do. I really <laughs> do. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> what are you going like to do when Humble definitely... stops supporting the Mac, Brett? Ah, oh, you know what? I'm probably just going to have to play on Windows. I, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, I do play games on Windows. I mean, you're just you're just okay. Right sure, I prove do. it. I do stream a game um, on Windows sometime. I am very bad at Dying Light, 
So there you go. Oh, Been playing okay. a fair amount of that lately. <laughs> by the way, um, since when did we pull more relaxing than Since when did we get extra picks of the week by uh, pretending that these are gaming quick hits? Ah, that's very funny. And I, I, I picked this out of one of Jeremy's also rands. So I didn't really mm, come pointing up with fingers, this totally by myself. Pointing fingers at Jeremy. I see how it is. <laughs> let's go to a but real a gaming deal. quick hit. All right, let's hit it. Steam Deck will begin shipping on February 28th. According to this is PC Gamer, lying liars that lie. <laughs> well, the first emails uh, <laughs> they are supposed game. to be going out on the twenty fifth. Yeah, right. I don't remember if I'm in the first wave or not, but I will be reporting eagerly along with everybody else on my progress in actually obtaining one of these things. So you have seventy two hours after you get the email to buy it. Yep, Steam is saying it launches February twenty five. Allegedly, the first shipments will be going out shortly thereafter. Totally at the same price that they promised originally. Is it? Wait, don't tell me they. Yeah, they don't say. Oh, <laughs> watch! Like the page will go down, that comes back up, and it's all like seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred. Is an email actually a binding contract, or uh, uh, did you just? I don't know. I don't know. Right Is it to, across uh... state lines, I don't know. <laughs> Sebastian, I think you're in first wave uh, reservation. I, I thought I was. I, I ordered within the first 15 minutes of availability, but I, who knows I, what that I, means. I think I did it the next day, so I think I'm second wave. Okay. You, you may be stuck beside deciding whether you're going to buy that $10,000 oscilloscope or if you're going to buy this, because they might be the same price. Uh, I'll probably get this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. It's time for Picks of the Week, that portion of the show where we explore people's uh, personal, peculiar personal tastes in hardware mm. and software. You could say that. I'm not joining in on this. Why? Why don't you play reindeer games with the rest of us? Why? Yeah. I yeah. Just, for me, it has no, to be something I really... You don't have to, but it is encouraged that you share with the group. I really feel, it I out. feel yes. passionate about Get it. it. I have to really like, no, why share. Like, why can't you just share? Mm. Why? You're, well, like okay, withholding. Just... You're like withholding. I mean, you shared that virus with me, so... No, yeah, I, mean, I, I caught hey, it as well. I thought we had that kind of relationship. You know, you know, yeah, you're well. close with somebody when you can share your illnesses with them. Mm, when they're exactly. when you're not afraid to kiss them on the mouth when you have a high fever, when, that's when you, you know you're really or a cold sore. Yeah. I thought you gave well, it to us through your wide bandwidth. Yeah, I will. I will say that I'm nervous screen. that next week all of us have cold <clears throat> sores. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, my humble bundle comes from. Uh, all our friend Wolf from over in the UK, she uh, pointed this one out. So it's like 27 pretty good books that, uh, you know, if, if you're really into uh, a lot of this stuff and security and cryptocurrency and cryptography, all of these things, uh, blue team, red team, uh, for for $18, this is... This is a massive, massive bundle of a lot of reading. Uh, you know, Wireshark for security professionals. Any network guy needs that. Um, yeah, Midnick, Schneer, all these guys. Uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of interesting reading material for not a whole lot of money. So there you Thank go. Thank you for reminding me. I was about to, I was going to buy that earlier this week and I totally spaced it. I spaced it. Jeremy's turn. Well, if you're going to, just... and this will bundle nicely with uh, Josh's pick, because uh, if you really, really want to sort of get into the nitty gritty of uh, hardware security and, and computer hacking and everything, you need to know, about the bizarre languages which exist that you probably really don't know about. I mean, you've probably heard of Intercal, which, you know, just literally hates you because it turns every simple argument into like three or four arguments before you can make a sim the single one and gets really mad if you don't use please enough or too much. But there's some other ones that I've forgotten about, like uh, Whitespace, which was one of the ones that I put the example, where you can write an entire program in tab, space, and line feet, which means you can actually, as long as you're not running a Python program, hide an entire program inside of a program using Whitespace that is unreadable to the human eye, apart from the fact that there's some blank space in the middle of it. 
there's also some more of the amusing ones uh, like Rockstar, where you're sort of literally writing a song um, for your code. Uh, or, you know, if you prefer Shakespeare, there's, there's an equivalent one for that. Uh, there's just a lot of bizarre programming languages out there that you might not have run into that honestly you should know about. It's, it's kind of sad that no one's put together an entire book that delves into them all, but the uh, link to Hackaday that I posted up has links to just about, uh, has links to all of them and that delve in much, much deeper uh, into how of these all work. And it's just wonderful to see the wonderful and bizarre ways that humans inter interact with computers on purpose just to mess with people's heads. It would it be embarrassing if I said I had a portable screen fetish? No, it's fine. Everybody's okay with that. Actually, no. Okay. Well, I'm okay with it. I actually spent time hurt. building. I actually spent time building uh, uh, portable screens, uh, tearing down old 17-inch monitors, putting in high-resolution 16 by 10 screens and interface boards, and creating stands for them and portable, you know, ways of taking moving them around and stuff like that. So. I, I got this as, as a as a hey go go look at this because certain people knew that I was into these portable screens, and this is a pair of portable screens for under four hundred dollars twenty with an additional twenty five dollar coupon, a pair of ten eighty fold out portable screens that you can you can slide into this this uh, plastic back um, sort of holder when you're not using them, and I think this is just a grand idea of of expanding your your screen real estate on the go i love this idea do you remember the triple screen laptop from i think ces what, a few years ago oh, i do yeah, the one that was stolen I, yes no, i do all. but this this is so much better this is just this no, is no nothing four, nothing could be better than a triple screen laptop <laughs> this is fair. this is 360 bucks about this is great yes. okay pair, pair all right 1080, 1080 monitors that fold into the back of it. I think it's really great. I think it's awesome. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Does it add anything to the uh, carrying weight? Uh, no, it's totally free. You just Perfect. can't even feel it. Okay. It's feeling. It doesn't add anything to the thickness either. It's just disappeared. No. It melts away. <laughs> the pounds just Paper. melt away. <laughs> I started a, a joke blog about the triple screen laptop back then. It was like triplescreenlaptop.blogspot.com or something. But uh, <laughs> I wrote this news post when it was stolen. Oh, my God. This is January this. 10, 2017. Uh, it looks a little familiar, doesn't it, Brett? Well, wow. what was the price tag on this, the thing that was never released? They never released it, so there's no price. There you go. So so your argument is moot. They offered 25000 for its return. The CEO uh, went on Facebook to complain about this. Man, I thought I linked to my own fake blog. Oh, well. Wow, you're yes, really into the are, tags back then, weren't you? There are definitely efficient <laughs> ways to use yeah. one monitor, but three. Three is so much better. I just noticed three. that. Three screen. Yeah, uh, why would you I make a tag for three, three screen? Yes. Uh, theft. Like that ever I used the tag again. stolen. Theft stolen. <laughs> you actually doubled up I think up it's just every stolen. word in the article had its own tag. BBC. <laughs> of now which the CES there's still only one article. Sense. Yeah, the CES makes Razor, sense. But. Uh, laptop. Multi-display. Well, there were two posts about Project Valerie. <laughs> 4K. Gee, I wonder about the other one. Oh, there it is. Ah, uh, I see. You're the only person that's written about it, and you've written about it twice, and set up a fake blog post. Right? Yeah, I was trying to show up interest. I think you probably have it hidden or in there somewhere, don't you? Whoa! Our 2017 are... CES coverage was sponsored by NVIDIA? Those aren't about that. Those, that's just jealousy. Boy, when's the last time I went to CES? I can't remember. Would have been about then. Yeah. Kind of missed the nightly uh, you know, CES uh, blogging. Yeah. Get on the couch, get with microphones. Mm -hmm. yep. Didn't know how good we had it. Mm. I miss it. Available graphics cards. Oh. Conferences to work with YouTube. Ryan spending money to get us out there and feeding us. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you can't even yep. show up in person anymore. 
anyway, you know, we appreciate you peoples out there listening to our podcast, watching, watching live. Uh, hopefully people are watching dead. No, that doesn't mm, work. They Not as many dead people listen. Or not watch. as many. That's a not as diminishing many. population. Uh, Correct. Or maybe increasing. I don't know. No, it's growing. But anyway. It's growing. This was our podcast for January 26, 2022. And with that, we say good night. I do. Good night. Until next. He's not coughing anymore. Well, I I muted myself in the software. Nice.